0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Boy,
1: it was sure nice to have some sunshine yesterday, wasn't it? Even if the temperatures didn't necessarily match how bright it was outside, it was welcome to see. And hopefully you got a chance to clean up around the barnyard or your backyard yesterday because we've got more of a mess coming up on the weekend. Five minutes after five o'clock on a finally Friday, fabulous farm baby Pam Yankee. Happy you're along with us on this, the twenty second day of February. We got a lot of ground to cover. First of all, we want to say good morning to everybody that's up in lacrosse, the thirtieth annual. Organic Farming Conference hosted by Moses Midwest Organic Sustainable Education Service gets rolling today and tomorrow at the Lacrosse Center. It's the biggest in North America. They are hoping they're going to see more than 3,500 people in attendance. Now I say they're hoping because it never seems to fail. That conference always has to deal with some in-climate weather. And that's the situation again this year. So for today, we are looking for partly sunny skies, but warmer, 34 are expected high. Now once we hit that peak though, get ready and hang on because by tonight we could have some light snow, freezing rain overnight into Saturday. Saturday could be a mess depending on where you are, 40 the expected high with all kinds of different precipitation across the state. And it's going to trail off into Sunday as well as temperatures cool down on Sunday to 32. So like I said, Hopefully, you've got everything cleaned up a little bit. Prepare for the weekend, and that includes all of our um, municipalities. I hope all those uh, snowplow drivers get a chance to rest up a little bit because it looks like you've got a busy weekend on your way, too. We're talking about it more in detail before 5.30, up before 6. One of the guest speakers that's going to be at the Moses Organic Conference tomorrow will visit with Jesse Bove about marketing organics versus conventional. That's all on the way for a final Friday morning.
0: At Compeer Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be.
2: And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring.
0: So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better.
2: That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage.
0: Contact your local Compeer Financial crop insurance specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compeer.com. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider.
1: Well, we're rolling into the weekend, and it is the beginning of National FFA Week officially starting tomorrow. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, oh, by the way, Buck wanted to let you know that he did wish me a happy Valentine's Day about 9 o'clock last night, so I can wish you a belated happy Valentine's Day, too,
3: Bob. Well, better late than never, <laughs> and still, 9 o'clock, you got three hours to celebrate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, not, not with my schedule. That was kind of like as I was walking, the, walking to the bed. But anyhow, the bottom line is uh, that's one uh, celebration passed, and now here we go, National FFA Week.
3: And uh, National FFA Week. Is always a big week, and, of course, uh, the FFA officers around Wisconsin and the country are very, very busy. Another celebration that was held recently, the Outstanding Young Farmer Competition in Wisconsin and about both here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and the Outstanding Young Farmers this year in Wisconsin, not far from our barn doors because Adam and Chrissy Seibel from just up the road in Bloomer are the latest edition of Wisconsin's Outstanding Young Farmers. They're organic dairy farmers. And uh, our Scott Schultz had a chance to visit with Adam about the operation, get an update on what they're doing and what motivates him as a young farmer to keep producing in this business of dairy agriculture in Wisconsin.
4: Yeah, we uh, have heavily invested in technology here over the years. Um, we are a fifth-generation farm um, it's, I farm here with my dad and my brother. Uh, we have about a half a dozen part-time help, um, mostly high school, college-age students. Uh, they come in before cho- or before school and after school and help us out. Uh, and then throughout the summer, they help us out doing a lot of the field work and stuff. Um, but uh, we've invested uh, a lot of money into the facilities we've put up. Uh, we have two robotic milkers we installed in 2011. Um, we have some uh, newer calf facilities and heifer facilities. And uh, we take great pride in the, the heifers and the animals that we raise um, that allows us to get some of the production levels that we've been able to
5: achieve on the organic side. Tell me about that production. What are you doing these days?
4: Uh, right now we're currently averaging just over 80 pounds. Um, last spring, before our milk quota got imposed on us, we were uh, just about, or we actually had a seven-day average of 91 pounds, which was the highest we've ever hit. Um, but we've we've typically been in the low 80s. Um, since we put these robots in.
5: Robots uh, made the difference with the production? Uh, it, uh, it, I mean, it, it does, I guess. Huh? Yeah,
4: they they really, really helped out. There was a lot of other things that went along with it. Um, the whole management side of things um, has gra- drastically improved. Um, so the robots just harvest the milk, but the, the software that's allowed us to manage the cows in a much more efficient way has really made a difference as well.
5: You also have a meat operation, grass-fed beef operation, that you advertise up here. Tell me about that.
4: Yeah, so we direct market uh, our Holstein steers, and we are starting to get into the Angus steers as well. Um, that will be coming down the line. But uh, right now we're just raising our own uh, Holstein bull calves that we get, and we direct market them to individuals and then uh, grocery stores and uh, restaurants um we have ground beef, uh, steaks, um, and then we also sell in bulk, so you can get the eighth or the quarter if you, somebody wants to buy in that range as well.
5: How long has the operation been organic? Uh,
4: my dad actually certified the farm in 2001. Um, he was pretty much organic through the 90s, um, just had to make a few changes, and in the kind of mid and late 90s, he was looking for a change. And uh, the organic market kind of sparked his interest, and it didn't take a whole lot of change to get there. So that was something that he was looking at doing and just to try to make a little bit more money and a little bit better stable market.
5: More stable market. Uh, You mentioned uh, your quota coming on. Uh, The price is a little bit better these days.
4: Well, not really. It actually, it's gotten worse the last few day, or last few years. Um, we were doing a lot better a couple of years ago. Um, when the quota came on, um, there's been a, a surplus of organic milk. So the price has um, come down significantly here the last probably uh, 20 months or so. Um, but it, it's gotten a little bit better as of late, meaning the last couple of months. Um, so we're hoping that things are
5: you know, on the upward trend. Not going to let that organic side slide away now that you're certified there after, what would it be, 17 or 18 years? Right, yeah, we have no
4: intention of going away from the organic market. Um, we believe in what we're doing 100%. Um, you know, we believe that the organic um, way is the way of the future. Uh, so that's, that's something that we're not going to go away from.
5: Tell me about your motivation coming into the operation as a young guy back in the day coming out of high school, did you ever have any doubts? Did you have any ideas of doing anything else other than being right here?
4: Not really. I guess, you know, in high school, that's when I really sparked an interest in farming. And I've been on the farm ever since then. And it's just something I I get up every day. And for some reason, I enjoy doing it. Um, It's just something that's built in my DNA and in my blood that it's what I do every day.
5: And tell me a little bit more about the operation itself. Uh, How many about how many cows are you milking now and uh, how many acres of land and uh, is there, there a lot of grass uh, I'm guessing out there that you're raising and
4: uh, tell me all about it. So we milk 140 cows and uh, we raise all our young stock and we probably have a total of about 350 head on the farm um, and with the livestock being organic, they all have to graze. So 30% of the dry matter intake has to come from pasture. Um, we usually shoot for a comfortable 35 to 40% on pasture, um, the dry matter intake that is. And, uh, then, um, we probably have a total of close to 200 acres of pasture that they would graze. And we run a total of 1100 acres that are cropping that excludes the pasture. So a total of 1300, um, so of the 1,100 acres that we run, um, we have a combination of corn, beans, alfalfa, uh, rye, oats, and then uh, we do a cover crops on all those as well. So we will harvest those cover crops for feed as as well.
5: Uh, what do you use different cover crops?
4: Uh, we'll, we'll use winter rye as our main cover crop that we'll use. We'll aerial seed that on. Um, every row crop always has a cover crop growing. But then after our small grains, we'll use... Uh, Crimson clover, red clover, um, hairy vetch, and just a few different other ones. I suppose tillage radish is another one we like to use.
5: How long have you done the radish side?
4: That's relatively new. I guess we've done that for maybe three or four years now. Um, It used to just be strictly like red clover after our small grains, but now we start putting in more of a mix of stuff.
5: What do you think the future is for you? You're working into this for your whole life now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm
4: not planning on going anywhere. Uh as long as the cash flow side of things works out. Um no, we we don't really have any plans of future expansion. We're we're comfortable with where we're at. Um uh, and this our size farm is kind of the right size for um the three of us to be able to get things done and um still have a little time to enjoy life, I guess.
5: And the folks still uh
4: hard at it with you. Yeah, my dad's still heavily involved. I know he's getting to where he wants to slow down. Um, We're pushing him to not slow down, but um, there'll be come a day where he'll definitely slow down and it'll be more on um, me and my brother and we'll have to probably hire a little bit more help, but we'll worry about that when that gets here, I guess.
5: Yeah, the time will come soon enough. Tell me about the pasture side of things. Uh, What kind of setup do you have for, for the pastures? So we rotationally
4: graze. Um, We start grazing when the pastures are about 12 inches high, and we'll graze them down to about 6 inches, and this is with the milk cows. And then we'll run heifers and steers behind them to graze them down a little bit more. Um, They get moved every day, Uh, at least the milk cows do. Our heifers, our younger heifers, have maybe 4 or 5-acre paddocks that we will move them to as needed. Um, We'll just let them graze them down when they get grazed down then we'll move them to a new section
5: and that's uh managed uh the the grasses on there are managed just like any other side of your crops or how how does the growth and planting go with that so our pastures are very seldomly do we have to reseed uh
4: we will if we notice that they're starting to become thin we will put Um, red clover out there in the springtime with a frost seeding or we may get out the no-till drill and drill um, some grasses in there. But for the most part, we don't have to reseed them as long as we don't overgraze them. So we kind of manage that. Um, You know, if we do get a a dry spell, we will have to supplement feed. But otherwise, um, from that planting side of things, that's all we do. Uh, Fertility wise, the the heifers kind of fertilize them themselves. Um, If we do have to harvest crops off of the pastures because in like spring and fall when they grow faster than what we can or the animals can consume them we will harvest them for baleage and then we'll take manure out of our um, slurry stores and spread back out there so we don't deplete the the soils.
5: Quite an operation you have going on here and your wife Chrissy doesn't happen to be here today but uh, she's got a good part in this show too.
4: Yeah she is a high school science teacher at Chai High um, and when she is here on the farm, <clears throat> she takes a uh, good involvement into the meat business. Um, she takes care of the, the fine or helps out with the financing, the booking, the books and stuff like that. And then just helps take care of our two little kids, you know, we have Garrett, who's four and Claire who's seven. So she, she's busy with them as well.
5: All right. That sounds good. When is the national, uh, appearance for you with the uh, national, Outstanding Young Farmer Competition, when does that all happen?
4: So that's next year in February, and then it's in Connecticut. I'm not exactly sure the dates, but uh, I know it in 2019 is when we'll go, and uh, that's about all I know at this time. So.
5: All right, that sounds fun. This is Adam Seibel, who with his wife Chrissy uh, recently was named Wisconsin's Outstanding Young Farmers. I'm Scott Schultz at the northern end of the world's longest barn.
0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
2: It's kind of intimidating when your dad is one of the most famous jewelers in America. And you're supposed to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and those are some big footsteps. How old were you when you came to work at Kessler's? I started handing out balloons to customers when I was six. Wow. Wow. Dad was on the radio 52 weeks a year for more than 25 years. I'm talking to Monica Kessler of Kessler's Diamonds. He gave me and the other owners a gigantic opportunity. The other owners? Kessler's is 100% employee owned. I'm just one of several dozen owners. So when I walk into Kessler's, I'm greeted by an owner? Every time. So what's your earliest memory of a Kessler's radio ad? In the beginning, Dad would end every ad by saying, I'm Richard Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. What's he doing now? Playing golf, mostly. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? I'm Monica Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler, along with a few dozen other wonderful people, hand selected by my father. Welcome to Kessler's.
1: It is our 50th state and breathtaking. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on our Alaska adventure, August 20th through September 1st, Alaska Agriculture and the Inside Passage Cruise. We'll take in the communities of Juneau, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. We'll visit some of the state's most beautiful locations like Denali National Park. We'll ride the White Pass and Yukon Route train. We'll visit Prince William Sound. And when you travel with me, remember, all airfare and accommodations are included. Plus, on our agriculture tours, you're getting a chance to attend the Alaska State Fair. You'll visit the Matanuska Valley Agriculture Center and get up close with a real muskox. Find details today at fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage. Or better yet, pick up the phone and call Holiday Vacations. Voted Best in Alaska, toll-free, 800 800- That's 800-826-2266.
6: She knows a hay bale makes a perfectly comfortable seat. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Young. All righty,
1: 520 now on a finally Friday morning, and I'll tell you what, as far as the forecast is concerned, today is pretty simple, thank goodness. Uh, we enjoyed warming temperatures yesterday, and they're going to stick around for today. But things start to change as soon as tonight and get really complicated Saturday and Sunday, no matter where you are in the state of Wisconsin it looks like our temperatures are going to start to change by Saturday morning, near zero with wind chills that could feel as cold as 25 below. They've already put in a winter weather advisory starting at midnight tonight till 9 o'clock tomorrow morning for far southwest Wisconsin, and more of us could see some of that uh, weather advisory system kick into effect through the course of the weekend. I'll give you the detailed forecast coming up next. No
6: one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming in this way of life can be.
2: You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots.
0: And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. Learn more at Compeer.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, and equal credit opportunity lender.
1: Listen, I want you to stop for a minute and think back 10 years. Did you have a cell phone? What did the cell phone look like? What could it do? Did you have a computer? The reason I'm pointing this out is look how fast technology changes. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yonke here to tell you the story of the University of Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine and its clinic. They are on the cutting edge research and use state-of-the-art technology. But guess what? You're working with a horse, a cow, a dog, a cat, the x-ray equipment, The CAT scan equipment, it takes up space. So in order for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine to continue to be a world-class research and treatment facility, they need more space. Find out more about the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, how it's saving lives and serving Wisconsin, and how you can get involved. Go to AnimalsNeedHeroes2.com. Again, AnimalsNeedHeroes2, T-O-O, dot com. You won't regret it. So, for this morning, we've already got a winter weather advisory for southwest Wisconsin, Grant County, starting at midnight tonight. And that should be an indicator of how these conditions are going to change. Get your errands done today. Get things scratched up, cleaned up, whatever you got to do. Because today, our temperatures are going to top out around 34. Should have sun, and it's going to be a pretty pleasant Friday all the way around. A little bit of a breeze out of the southeast, 5 to 10 miles an hour. But then, tonight, temperatures are going to slowly, steadily start uh, to drop will probably end up around 24 overnight, but moisture is going to start moving into Wisconsin. Starts off maybe as light snow, but then it's going to become freezing rain. Could see some ice accumulations up to a quarter of an inch possible by tomorrow morning. Cloudy skies for a Saturday with more of that precipitation hanging around, and it'll all depend on what temperature is where you're at. Could see a high tomorrow in Madison of 40 degrees. You know how it goes when you get out in the country. Winds will be out of the east-southeast about 8 to 15 miles an hour for tomorrow. Then on Sunday, we still have the remnants of this next storm system coming through. It's going to be cloudy on Sunday, windy and colder. Temperatures down around 32 degrees, and snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches is possible. The heaviest amounts north and west of Madison, so you folks up in that lacrosse area, could get hit again. By Monday, we're going to stay cold. 18, the expected high. Tuesday, we climb up to 24. So here we go with another round of uh, wintry-type mix. I hope it doesn't impact the folks that are attending the 30th annual Moses Organic Farming Conference that starts today at the La Crosse Center. They're expecting more than 3,500 from all across North America. In fact, coming up before 6 o'clock, we're going to visit with one of the presenters at that conference talking about organic markets. If you're trying to market organic corn and soybeans, it's not as easy as you might think. We're talking about that after 5.30. This is
0: the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
4: Some people don't mind taking a risk, like the guy who thinks he can squeeze one more mile out of the fuel tank but runs out of gas, or taking a giant swig out of an expired jug of milk. The one thing you don't want to take a chance on is your water heater going out. If it's over 12 years old, you might think about calling Benjamin Plumbing. They'll let you know if you're due for a replacement. And they only install top brand water heaters. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Wacky Water Heater? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing.
6: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com.
4: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing.
7: Looking for that unique one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself. Maybe a gorgeous pendant, necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more Modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one of a kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone. Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street, Goodman's Jewelers. I got a $5,000 signing bonus to join Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. I'm a CDL Class A truck driver for Santa Max. Home every day and no weekends.
1: Santa Max is hiring CDL Class A truck drivers with experience to join the DeForest Third Shift team. Quarterly bonuses and a $5,000 signing bonus.
7: Great pay, great company, and a $5,000 signing bonus. I made the move to Santa Max. It was a no-brainer.
1: Apply online at SantaMax.com. S-A-N-I-Max. Apply at SantaMax.com.
0: The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our communities secure Search and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. If you'd
6: rather be fishing, well, now's your chance. The Zone is inviting you to go walleye fishing with Ballard's Resort on Minnesota's Lake of the Woods. Our adventure begins Friday, June 28th to Tuesday, July 2nd. Check it out. Everything is included. Three days of guided walleye fishing. Round-trip motor coach transportation from Madison. Four nights lodging. Meals. Your rods, reels, bait, and tackle. Fishing processing. And even your taxes. This adventure is only $825 per person if you sign up before March 15th. Space is limited, so call 1 800 776 2675 or go to BallardsResort.com to hold your spot. Wow. This trip will sell out, so don't miss the boat. Oh, God. Oh,
5: my God. Get
6: ready to experience big time fishing with your friends in northern Minnesota with Ballards Resort and the Zone. You live the way you want to live, but do you live where you want to live? Chris from Right on Target Real Estate, with interest rates where they are, you could own for less than what you're paying for rent. We have a system in place whenever a matching house in the neighborhood of your choice comes on the market, it notifies you so you don't miss out on the best deals when they hit the market.
5: Ask about our recent college graduate incentives. Right on Target Real Estate is really, really confident they can find you a home at an affordable price. Visit RightOnTargetRealEstate.com. So Ebo and I are trying to wrestle through this. You know, I don't you know how much you know about the... Uh, <laughs> thanks, Ebes. Uh We do something Robbie every Friday called the D-Bag of the Week. And it feels like everything this week is gravitating towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. From on Bell saying, I'm finally free. To Antonio Brown and the bizarreness of Mr. Big Chest in that Q&A session he had on Twitter. To the GM saying, Ben Roethlisberger can do whatever he wants. You know, you have a lot of Packer connections here, potentially with with Brown and Bell. Uh, do you look at this as opportunity for the Packers with the dysfunction in Pittsburgh, or do you say, why in God's green earth would Green Bay want to mess with any of the dysfunction uh, that's falling out from Pittsburgh?
8: Well, to me, Joe, you've got enough running backs. If, if you're going to mess with any of that, what you what you classify, I think, very fairly, is dysfunction. You, you look at Antonio Brown, and 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 then there's you know, when, when you go there, Joe, though, there, there's so many questions that that need to be answered. Um, you know, he wants guaranteed – he wants a fully guaranteed contract. He, he hinted at the other day, and Drew Rosenhaus backed that up then later on. Um, and, and, guys, you, you guys both know this. They didn't give Aaron Rodgers a fully guaranteed contract. That's just not how they conduct, conduct business in Green Bay. Um, he, he's clearly one of the elite players at his position maybe ever. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, guys. Um, six straight years with 100 plus catches, and you know I think he's averaged 1,500 yards a season in in that stretch. But he is pushing 30, um, which which isn't old, but it's also, you know, his his best days I'm, I'm guessing are going to have been played, guys in Pittsburgh. So now you have to factor in what do you give up for that player? If it's pick 30 guys and you know a later round draft pick, I I, I think that's certainly a gamble maybe worth taking. Um, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> probably with five years max left to play. Uh, you, you don't want to waste too many more of those years. He needs a lot of help on offense. You guys saw that in that Detroit game to end the regular season. Oof. When Devontae Adams wasn't on the field, That you know that, that receiving core is unbelievably pedestrian. They need help there, whether that's Antonio Brown or another free agent or a relatively high draft pick. I mean, they have to address the wide receiver position, I think. I don't think they can gamble that that these uh, guys from a year ago are going to jump up and, and all take enormous steps, or even two of them will. So you factor in all that, guys, and then you know, maybe the biggest wild card in it all is what kind of citizen is Antonio Brown going to be inside that Green Bay Packer locker room if, if you bring him in? Is, is he going to fall in line um, to, to the way they do things over there, which is very corporate now? And, uh, you know, they they don't want any troublemakers and ramble rousers. And and that's kind of been Brown's mantra the last few years. Can a young, can a 39-year-old head coach, guys, handle a player like Antonio Brown, who now we know has has missed a number of team meetings and didn't stay with the team when they stayed uh, in the dorms at at their uh, training camp place in Pittsburgh? So there's a lot of questions there, there, guys. It's obviously an enormous risk-reward thing. Are you at the point yet with Aaron Rodgers in his career? Remember, Rodgers turns 36 in. You know, during this this particular football season, are you there yet with a Aaron Rodgers career that you roll the dice on a player like Antonio Brown? Guys, my belief is, I guess, if the compensation isn't ridiculous, if Pittsburgh uh, is reasonable in the negotiations, it's certainly something worth pursuing. Robbie, is
6: this manufactured drama with Antonio Brown? How come no one wants to talk about Le'Veon Bell sitting out an entire year and saying things about the organization? You have guys like T.J. Watt telling J.J. Watt that it's like the Kardashians. Uh, you have Ben Roethlisberger wanting to retire every other week, or in a walking boot. Why is it? Why is it just Antonio Brown with his perceived drama?
8: Well, it seems to be a lot of, in the entire Pittsburgh organization, doesn't it, guys? And I mean, we thought Green Bay had a lot of drama last year with McCarthy and and Rodgers and Rodgers not playing to the level that we've seen him and and him changing plays and and things like that, and maybe eventually bailing on his his head coach, which led to the the eventual firing of Mike McCarthy. I I think Pittsburgh's got it wall to wall and and guys, that's such a traditional old school organization. Um I mean that that's one of the bedrocks of the National Football League uh what they've got going on there in Pittsburgh then I'm sure it bothers the Rooney family to their core yeah. to have this nonsense going on. So I I you you can fully understand why they want to move on from some of this and and maybe Maybe then, Ebo, it's a buyer's market when it comes to a guy like Antonio Brown. You saw what they felt about, or what they did with Le'Veon Bell. They didn't even want to go through the drama anymore. They, they, they pretty much told him, you're an unrestricted free agent now. Go do what you want to do. You're not our headache anymore. We've got another running back more than capable of replacing you. Let's, let's move on from that. Um, Pittsburgh's always been terrific guys at finding the next.
0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All
1: 535 now on a finally Friday morning. You know, if I gave you a couple bushel of organic corn, organic soybeans, and I said, all right, go sell these, would you be able to? You know, if you're a conventional farmer, you know your local elevator setup. You know what the price is. You know how to kind of watch things in Chicago. Organic corn and soybeans, that's a whole different ballgame, and it's not as well a developed marketing opportunity as many farmers may think, up before six, one of the panelists tomorrow at the 30th annual Moses Organic Farming Conference is Jessie Beauvais. She's the Director of Business Development for Mercaris. They're working to try to develop more marketing opportunities for organic growers. Uh, you know, the folks that are growing the organic corn, the organic soybeans, that organic dairy farmers, organic beef producers are looking for. Stick around for that story. It's up before six o'clock. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. This one catches my attention. On this date, back in 1922, Wisconsin experienced an unprecedented freezing rain and snow. Now, this was written about in newspapers all up and down the Fox Valley, all the way down to southeast Wisconsin. They said that ice-coated trees and power lines cut off electricity, telephone, and telegraph. Cities were isolated, roads impassable, rivers rose, streets and basements flooded, and train service stopped or slowed, they said, near Little Littleshoot. A passenger train went off the rails and injured some of the crew members. In Appleton, they had to open up uh, special lodging for about 150 stranded traveling salesmen. In Plymouth, they say a sheet of river ice, 30 feet long and nearly 3 feet thick, washed onto the riverbank. Sheboygan, police rescued a flock of chickens and ducks from their flooded coop and a sick woman from her flooded home. That's what happened on this date back in 1922. Freezing rain and snow. Boy, oh boy. Boy. And we got some more of that in our forecast coming up, front part of next week. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the other news that was made yesterday in uh, Washington, D.C., Crystal City, Virginia, to be exact. That's USDA's annual Ag Outlook Forum. The market was hanging on USDA chief economist Robert Johansson's words as he expressed what they believe farmers will plant in 2019. Well, it looks like soybean acres are going down according to USDA's projections by nearly 5%, while corn acres will go up 3.3%. And what about prices for corn and soybeans?
6: Soybean prices are expected to rise modestly despite the tariffs, up 20 cents a bushel to 880 per bushel. Corn is expected up a nickel to 365 a bushel, a second year of price increases as carryout stocks are expected to continue their tightening. And wheat prices are expected up a nickel as well to $5.20 a bushel. Not a large increase, but significantly up from the $4 per bushel prices we saw a couple years ago.
1: That's USDA's chief economist, Robert Johansson. Some of the other news from that conference included his projections that we'll see record meat and milk production in 2019. They're saying that milk production across the United States is likely to go up 1.1%.
6: Local commercial knowledge with local experience. That's how Rural Mutual Insurance has been protecting businesses in Wisconsin since 1934. If something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local company that knows you and your needs? Rural Mutual is the number one writer of farms and the third largest writer of commercial business in the state of Wisconsin. We only do business in Wisconsin, so premiums paid here stay here. To keep Wisconsin strong, contact your local Rural Mutual insurance expert or visit us at RuralMutual.com to learn how you can protect what matters
1: most. So you think you're ready for Wisconsin weather. Well, let me remind you, Madison averages 43 inches of snow per year and 35 inches of rain. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yonke here for my friends at McFarland's 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. Boy, is that convenient when it comes to Wisconsin weather and making sure that your ride is safe. Now, remember, McFarland's takes care of all of your rides, whether it's autos, pickup trucks, large trucks, farm tractors, but it doesn't stop there. Bicycles, snowblowers, garden tractors, and RTVs. Listen, if you're depending on your ride and those tires, you should depend on McFarlane's. And as always, service all under one roof in the auto and tire shop. Stop on by today and make sure your ride's safe for Wisconsin Roadways. McFarlane's 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped a penny and a quarter to 140 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged. The AA butter, that dropped three quarters of a cent to 225 a pound. Overnight, December corn is up a penny right now at 402 and three quarters. November beans up a penny at 955 and a quarter. July wheat's up a penny and a quarter at 494 and three quarters. Fluid milk, March closed three cents stronger at 1475. April milk up two at 1469 100 weight. You still have to get out to August before we see any fluid milk contracts at or above the $16 mark. Up next, organic farming is one thing. Organic marketing is another. It is not as easy as trying to sell conventional corn and soybeans. The market's just not that developed. They'll be talking about it tomorrow at the 30th Annual Moses Organic Farming Conference in La Crosse. We're catching up with one of the panelists focused in on organic marketing next. This
0: is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
9: The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help identifying burglary suspects who attempted to steal a gas station ATM. On February 17, 2019, at approximately 3.52 a.m., MPD officers were dispatched to the Phillips 66 gas station at 902 Atlas Avenue for criminal damage to property and attempted burglary. When officers arrived on scene, they found the front door compromised and a damaged ATM inside. The suspects had fled prior to police arrival. Criminals used a van and a tow strap in an attempt to pull the ATM out of the business, but were unsuccessful. Please visit Madison Area Crime Stoppers on Facebook to view photos of the getaway van. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward.
0: If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihola At Clifford and Ryhula, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example, a young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, The insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved.
2: For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford & Rihala. Hard-working, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice. MyJustice.com
6: She knows which came first, the chicken or the egg. This is exciting news to me. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with
1: Pam Yonke. Well, today is the official beginning to the 30th annual North American Moses Organic Farming Conference. The reason I say North American is because it is the biggest organic farming conference in North America. They'll expect more than 3,500 attendees at the La Crosse Center starting today with breakout sessions, a great trade show. One panel discussion that's going to be happening tomorrow at 3.30 at uh, the Moses Organic Conference is all about organic marketing. You know, a lot of farmers uh, concentrate tremendous attention to detail on growing the product, but may find themselves in unchartered territory when it comes to marketing that product. So one of the panel discussions tomorrow afternoon at 3.30, will focus in on that. One of the guests on that panel is Jessie Beauvais. She is the business development manager for a company called Mercaris. Jessie, tell me a little bit about Mercaris. How long have uh, you guys been around?
10: Yeah, yeah. So Kelly Deems and Chris Ducing, our two co-founders, founded Mercaris in 2012. They both came from some background in, in thinly traded markets, and they saw the need for information and for trading in the organic grain markets. So they decided to write a white paper and got a lot of interest after writing that and decided to make Mercaris. So we've been around since 2012, but our platform has had a lot of data and we've been really active about the past four years.
1: Now, you are going to be a part of the Moses Organic Farming Conference. Tell me a little bit about the marketing insights that are top of mind when it comes to what organic farmers have to be looking at, the challenges for 2019.
10: Yeah, so organic farming and marketing is completely different than the conventional counterparts. Um, You have to think about things like your rotations and how to make sure those are profitable and also great for your soil. You have to think about where you're going to you know take your crop to unlike the conventional world you don't have an elevator every 30 miles or so you've got to make sure you've got a market before you grow some things or conversely if you're going to grow without having a market make sure you've got on-farm storage or some kind of solution in place so that you'll be able to profitably market your grains
1: we have been talking about uh, how organic continues to grow as far as consumer preference in the grocery store, in the marketplace, but there are facets of organic farming that are still struggling. Paint me a picture. What kind of information are you going to be presenting during the Moses conference?
10: Yeah, so Mercaris' flagship product is pricing, and I know that seems simplistic. But we were the very first to be able to provide how much organic corn or beans or, or oats are worth nationwide. And then we are able to drill down regionally as well. And once you understand how much the crop is worth, you can kind of back into your profitability numbers. So Mercaris offers pricing, we offer acreage reports, we also look at the import and the supply and demand sides. All very, very important when it comes to especially the organic market.
1: Tell me about the demand side of things, how this market is growing. Is it mature yet, Jesse, or what uh, dynamics? You mentioned thinly trading, that uh, that may have been before. Is it still the case when it comes to organics?
10: Well, if you're going to compare it to the conventional world, yes, organics are still thinly traded. Still less than 1% of what we're growing in the United States is organic, which leads us to have to import some things. Um, When it comes to the supply and demand side, um, we have seen year-over-year growth. It hasn't been as robust as it has in the past. We've plateaued a little bit. The OTI, I think, said last year we had 6% growth in organic demand, whereas uh, just normal food demand was somewhere around 1.6%. So we are seeing huge growth, huge demand. As you just mentioned, some markets are seeing a little bit less demand. One of those is organic dairy. And I think that's just, um, it's indicative of so many choices that people have when it comes to the quote-unquote milk right now. So I think organic dairy is going to settle out soon, hopefully. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: So talk to me a little bit about the tools then. Like you mentioned, a lot of our conventional farmers are used to forward contract opportunities. Uh, you know, even crop insurance is an opportunity for risk management. What about organic farmers? Uh, give me some bullet points, Jesse, that people need to consider if they're switching from conventional to organic or have an organic crop that they will be producing. How can they protect themselves from that risk?
10: Yeah, so there's a lot of different tools out there. You've got to look for them, and they're not as easy to get to as they are in the conventional world. So, one, there are some companies who are offering forward contracts when it comes to marketing grain, Um, but then there's always solutions like Mercars. We have an auction platform on our website where buyers and sellers are able to meet in a virtual marketplace to actually buy and sell physical grain. As far as insurance goes, there's some smaller insurance companies that are starting to offer some organic products, Um, but also I'm not an expert in insurance, but I do believe RMA has some really great organic insurance products as well.
1: So what kind of advice are you going to be sharing with uh, the growers and the audience up in Lacrosse? Now I should remind folks that you are going to be part of an organic grain marketing workshop on Saturday at the Lacrosse Center. What kind of insights or advice are you going to try to share with the audience overall, Jesse, on organic marketing and how to approach the market?
10: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So my number one piece of advice always is understand your cost of production because if you don't understand that, you can't move forward or move backwards, so to say. So understanding how much it's taking you to grow your crop and then getting information from people like Mercaris to understand how much your crop is worth is paramount in being able to market and stay profitable.
1: Let me ask you, you mentioned about the online auction platform that Mercaris uh, is working with. Does it cover the gamut of organic products, Jesse, or is it focused in specific areas? And then do you get into other, uh, shall we say, niche markets of organic? For example, the non-GMO platform, because you can get to a very, very thinly segmented part of agriculture real quick. Oh,
10: yeah. Yeah, so M- Mercaris' data covers both organic and non-GMO, corn and soybeans, and then we cover for organic corn, soybeans, wheat, oats, rye, and barley. Those are our, our main commodities that we follow and that we trade data for. Now, as far as our auctions platform goes, it's really, we would like to say, agnostic to the commodity. So we've had auctions for blue corn. We actually had the very first organic dairy auction last year, and we're going to have another one coming up soon. So our technology allows us to trade anything. We're making data behind those main commodity crops. Again, corn, soybeans, wheat, oats, rye, and barley.
1: No, let me ask you which uh, markets show the greatest promise as far as being introduced to Mercars' online auction platform? And how do you stage these online auctions? I've got to guess that they're not going to happen every day. Do you, do you wait for opportunity to present itself as far as buyers looking for a product? Or tell me a little bit more about that, Jesse. Yeah,
10: so that's a great question. We are looking for buyers and sellers who have, you know, they're looking for commodities or they have some in the bin or in storage. Uh, We work with growers as well as mills and elevators and all different people up and down the supply chain. Uh, You're you're correct in assuming that an auction does not happen every day. My my goal and my hope is one day we'll get there. But right now, um, when somebody approaches us and tells us that they are looking for something or that they need something, we work with our very vast, network of growers, producers, buyers, and sellers, and we, we, we're old-fashioned right now. We send out a couple emails make a couple phone calls, and we get the people in the quote-unquote auction room that makes sense for this auction, and then the actual auction ensues with bids and offers, similar to what you would see on the the CME or, or even uh, live
1: options. Mm-hmm. Jessie Beauvais along with us, in case you're just joining us, she's the Director of Business Development at Mercaris. They will be a part of a special grower grain marketing workshop on Saturday from 3.30 until 5 as part of Moses Organic Farming Conference at the Lacrosse Center. So you can see her live and in person at uh, the 30th annual show. If you want to be there, they're expecting more than 3,500 participants by the end of the conference, 60 workshops, 100. Seventy different vendors, so a lot of information all in one place. You know, the other thing, uh, advice-wise, Jesse, um, there are a lot of farmers in the audience that are just barely getting their arms around growing organics, let alone now turning into a new page and marketing organics. What are some of the pitfalls that you would traditionally warn organic growers about, or what kind of education do they need to do before they start getting into these kind of marketing opportunities?
10: Yeah, that's a really, really great question. I would say you need to look for an ally, so to say, somebody either in your area or somebody that you can reach out to to give you advice. I was at a Maryland Growers Conference a year back, and they had a panel of farmers that had just transitioned or, or were in the process of transitioning from conventional to organic. And one of them said, you know, the one thing I wish I had was my grandpa here because I'm farming the way that he used to farm. So you've got to make sure you either build yourself a great virtual network using a lot of different resources online. Or you've got a good extension agent that understands the organic is a little bit different than conventional, can help you out with information. Or you've got a farmer, hopefully, within your area that you can ask for advice from. Because it's not easy and it's different.
1: Mm, very much, very much. Uh, Jesse, we were talking about that online auction platform. Um, it, it makes me suddenly think about uh, increments. Uh, if I'm an organic farmer that's only got 100 acres of organic product, is, is that online platform too big for me? Do I have to network with other growers how do you how do you put that all together how do I how do I qualify to get in on Mercaris's uh, auction platform
10: our smallest lot is one truckload so if you've got a truckload of grain that you need to market Mercaris will help you out
1: Excellent. And on that note, my girl, I am going to allow them to ask you questions in person if they're going to be at the 30th Annual Moses Organic Farming Conference. Again, Jesse Beauvais with Mercaris, one of the panelists that's going to be presenting some of this marketing information starting at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon at the La Crosse Center. You can find out more about the company online, mercaris.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I-S.com. And, of course, face-to-face in person. Jesse Beauvais will cap off our Friday Farm Show. Take care. Yourself this weekend with our changing weather. Back with you on Monday.
0: This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke,
1: celebrating 100 years. The-